and welcome to the Chris Vaccaro Show with your host, Chris Vaccaro, and his sidekick, Nando Defino. How you doing today, Chris? Uh, that was a pretty funny opening, as usual, Nando. And to answer your question, I am doing absolutely terrible. Uh, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> absolutely terrible. I'm going to fake it till I make it during this show, uh, Nando, for the next hour. I am uh, in a little bit of a uh, depression. Uh, week 13 was god-awful for me. Everything that could go wrong did go wrong, but uh, we're going to try and put that aside and uh, well, no, let's, talk let's about dig in, the week. Let's dig no, into yeah, it. Let's talk about how miserable yeah. you are well, no, and I mean, everything that went wrong. I mean, like, we, like, we could cheer you up is how I'm thinking about it. Like, You possibly can't. No, I doubt can't. I doubt you had a lot of 6-6 six and six teams and you needed this win. Well, I mean, I guess the playoffs are different in NFFC, so yeah, one week out of 13 – it's not going to completely kill your average, right? Like, that's what you go into the playoffs with is your average. So, nah, you go from, like, 137 yeah. to 134? No, nah, it's not like that, Nando. I know what you're thinking, but it's it's just different. Um, you know, like, I was playing for a second league title in a, in a big league, and uh, not only did I lose the head-to-head, uh, but a team that was, like, 60 points behind me had Darren Waller and passed me for second in points. So I dropped from first in points to third in points. Oh. It's a huge money difference in the NFFC when when you play in the big leagues. Um, so that happened to me yesterday. Um, lost multiple online championship leagues uh, in head-to-head matchups. Just just a complete disaster. Bad lineup decisions on my part. Um, yeah, but who? I mean, it happens. You, you stuck with Kyler, I assume? Yeah, I did. He, Kyler didn't he kill threw me. Some, yeah, he, he did all right. He threw some late touchdowns and stuff. Yeah, you know, it was just it was, I think it was more a matter of yeah, I had my bad lineups. I had my Christian Kirks in there and doing nothing, and Mike Williams in a couple spots. Um, Derrick Henry killed me surprisingly. Who knew? Uh, yeah, I, and I think that's uh, you know that was probably the one thing that hurt me the most was the two big Derrick Henry teams. But he's been so great. I don't know if we could really uh, complain, but I don't think we saw it coming. You know, no, well, that not was a weird... game like that. Was that this show or was that the Jake show where we talked about how that line was suspiciously high, like a line of fifty-three? And then, I mean, yeah, if Cleveland, for the total, yeah. If Cleveland didn't do that, like if Cleveland didn't jump out so hard and so fast, it very well could have been a Derrick Henry game. Yeah, and and you know that was the narrative going in was it's oh it's the Derrick Henry versus Nick Chubb matchup, and this game I actually heard someone say this is gonna could be the the fastest game in the history of the NFL because all they're going to do is run, run, run. The clock will be moving. And and then before you know, it was the highest scoring game of the day, pretty much. It was an absolute shootout. And now we see what happens when the Titans are in a game that they get behind a couple scores. Uh, Derrick Henry gets, you know, uh, taken out of the game plan. You know, you see a lot more of the kid McNichols and... Uh, you know, uh, Henry spends a little more time on the sideline. He's not in the hurry-up offense. And, uh, you know, it's a disaster for Derrick Henry owners. The, the the one thing I will say, though, is you look at his schedule. We've been talking about it for weeks now. You look at his schedule the next three weeks here in the playoffs, and if you have Henry going in, um, he's in three games that the Titans should be favored pretty significantly versus three bad teams. And hopefully the game script is in Derrick Henry's favor. And then you look back at week 13 and say, hey, um, <laughs> you know, at least he got his bad game out of the way before he took off in the playoffs. And so can you just explain really quickly again the, the NFFC setup? So like your your individual leagues are done now and then the top ones going to the playoffs for the main event title for the big yes. money prize. So you yes, can't. That's correct. So over the next few weeks, like you can't like you've lost that first place that we've won so many times in baseball together. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, that's over. So you, you know, that's pretty much what happens when you in the high stakes market, Nando. If you you can spend twelve weeks grinding of you know doing your fab and setting your lineups and and going and you're married to this team, and then in one week you have one bad week in week thirteen, and you can lose your points lead or your you know your record lead, and and a lot of money changes hands. You know, Man, a lot of crazy. a lot of money gets flipped, and that's what happened to me. This past week, and it happens. It doesn't matter, you know, uh, how long you've been playing this game. You know, you need a little luck on your side. And yep. uh, luck left me in week 13. But some of these teams still managed to sneak in the playoffs, and hopefully I have a good uh, playoff round. But well, enough you know, about me, Nando. Well, I was going to say, like, Glenn Lowy doesn't have the Glenn Lowy show. You know, you get the Chris Vaccaro show, so you got things to look forward to. <laughs> I guess so. You Shout out to show. Glenn Lowy. He won the regular season, uh, you know, title. He finished first overall. Looks like we picked the wrong high-stakes guy for this show. Huh? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> no doubt about it. <laughs> uh, how uh, how many Antonio Gibsons did you have? Like, that was that was crushing last night, I'm sure. Oh. There's so, there so many, like, yeah, but I mean, like, that was like, oh, man, after he'd been so good. Yeah. And just, and toe. I mean, like, I guess it's good if you're going to the playoffs. You're kind of like, all right, if it's not, you know, if it's not turf toe, which I think is something that kind of, it's not something you hurt, like, bang. Like that mm-hmm. in a game, I think it's something that you just kind of happens over time. Um, hopefully, he's just got like a gross toe injury that he can play through, right? I don't think so. I, I mean, listen, they ruled him out early. Uh, you know, he, he got the injury. They showed him on the sideline getting his toe wrapped. Uh, remember, it was this was a Monday game, so now they're going to be working on a short week. Uh, he's a running back. Uh, he kind of needs his toes and feet. Uh, who knows? Maybe he broke a toe. Um, you know, sprain toe. I, but I feel just, like that's. It, listen, I'm not going off anything other than my gut here, Nando. I yeah. don't think we see him for a couple of weeks, I, or the playoffs at all. I think this is a significant fantasy industry uh, in, injury, and I think you need to start making uh, other plans. And and if we your week 13 was bad, and then Monday hit, and you had Antonio Gibson, it got a lot worse as you head into the playoffs. Is this um? Weirdly, I mean, and I know we're in the playoffs where the, you know the levels height uh, higher. Yep. Um, you know, you don't have to. We're not going to talk a lot of these Nando guys that you like to call them because they're, like there's no. I mean, Ty Johnson, who you joked about before the show, is kind of on that line. He's kind of on that line. Um, but is this like Peyton Barber? Seemed mm-hmm. to be. You know, I mean, obviously JD McKissick caught a billion passes, but it seemed like Peyton Barber run JD McKissick catch was the setup. Yeah, uh, is that is that? I mean, yeah, is he going to sneak into your? Yeah, is he going to sneak into your waiver list a little bit? Uh, listen, uh, you know, it, you got to be in a tough position to to you know go get Peyton Barber and start him, but you know, you might be the Gibson owner, you might be running back needy, you might you know, there's a lot of facets to the game at this point in the season. If you could get a running back who's going to get ten plus carries a game, as much as I don't like Peyton Barber. I think he's a you know a two yards in a cloud of dust type of back. Um, yeah, he's going to be on everybody's waiver wire list because uh, assuming Gibson is out, you know McKissick, my my guy McKissick. I know you're yes. going to laugh, Nando, but <laughs> you know you, you saw what happened for three quarters yesterday. It's a big time bump up now without Gibson. So uh, McKissick is right back in. He started he started to fade a little bit, JD McKissick, these last couple of weeks. But you saw what happened with Gibson out. Yesterday, he's a target monster out of the backfield, and uh, I think he's a solid RB2 uh, with Gibson out, if, in fact, he is. 
How about uh, we're talking half point standard leagues? I mean, you can see he's still going to rack up yardage. It's not all mm-hmm. about like, I mean, the 10 catches is nice. But I mean, if you're getting 70 yards from wherever on the field, that's still yeah. something, right? I mean, if you're, if you're in a standard league, you get, you know, 20 rushing yards, 70 receiving yards and the shot at a touchdown. That's, you know. Yeah, that's 15 no, absolutely. Points, yeah. I mean, I, I hate the half half PPR setup. I do play in a couple home leagues with the half PPR. So it definitely Oh, yeah, gives... those those savages. No, no, no. I'm just... <laughs> Funny. <laughs> uh, no, I'm just saying because it hurts guys like that where, you, you know, for me in my head, playing in all full point PPR, I'm like, oh, McKissick, good play, good, you know. But I have to, you know, in my head, I have to say, well, you know, the, a lot of the people listening at home are just playing half PPR. So... You know, ease your expectations on McKissick because if he catches seven, eight balls, you know, it's great for me in my full point PPR leagues. But you know what? That's only four points for you guys instead of eight points uh, in a half point PPR. So it's, you know, he's still going to get his yards and, you know, maybe he gets three to five carries in a game. Uh, you know, his box score would have looked a lot different if he doesn't get stuffed on the one yard line. They gave him a goal line carry uh, in the fourth quarter there. He gets stuffed. Peyton Barber runs it in the next play. So. You know, things like that when you're watching the game, that's, you know, that's a big difference. Seems like an old school enough coaching staff there, too, where they're like, Barber's our guy now. He got in. Uh, Maybe. It's possible. Are you still helping uh, our, our friends out with their team? Yes. How that, yes. How that is that going well? Uh, I know you take a lot of pride. Down, you take a lot of pride in that one. Yeah, I do. And, and there's a lot of money on the line in those. And it's been an up and down season. A lot of injuries. A lot of injuries. I think in one of those leagues, I lost the first four picks in, in my draft. So it's been a struggle. But, um, you know, some, else? You just got to get in. Uh, yeah, yeah. This uh, Two of them, yes. And one of them, no. All right. So speaking of our friends, uh, you angered former Major League pitcher Joel Pinheiro this week. <laughs> By not answering his fantasy question, which I thought was rude. This is great. Yeah, I, listen, I, you know what? I know that people want to listen to fantasy and not our background stuff. Um, this is fantasy. You know, I think stuff, this is pretty- But I, I will say this much, okay? Nando has a tendency to always get like his friends like, hey, I'm on a text message. Hey, you know, Chris, answer this guy's, you know, uh, fantasy question. Start please. the question. I say please. Which, and you do say please. And this time it was former Major League Baseball pitcher Joel uh, Pinheiro. I'm sure he's a great guy. Great guy. Unfortunately, so we get put in a text chat with Jake and our friend Matt to answer his question. I am in – let me just set this up. Nando <laughs> sends this to Can us. Can we please talk about Cam Akers? Yeah. No, not anymore because you brought this up. <laughs> Nando goes and sends this text on a Saturday night, okay? Saturday night as if nobody's like just has a life. They, they, I mean, Saturday night, I'm in Atlantic City. Okay, I'm, <laughs> listen, I'm sitting at a dinner table in Atlantic City with a girl having dinner. I look at my phone and I get a start sit question. Okay, so no, I did not answer it, and I put it aside. And I said, okay, in my head, make a mental note to answer this question for this nice man. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll answer it either later on tonight, but which I never got to. We went to gambling, whatever. And I woke up early the next day to come back home for Sunday morning for football. And I completely forgot all about it until Nando, of course, calls me out on Twitter with Joel Pinheiro. No, I didn't call you, you know, out on tagged Twitter. I repl- in the tweet. I replied but to one of so your tweets. Just so you have a little background. So, you know what, Joel, if you're listening, now you know why I didn't get back to you. But Jake and Matt did. 
So I really didn't need to be the third person to answer the question. Well, you were the fourth. I answered him too. I just, I just sure you didn't because you're like, oh, I I can't answer your question, even though you reached out to me. I won't. I won't. No, I did. I answered. I said, look, let me go. That's exactly what I (laughs) I know how you operate. Yeah, I would have felt bad if I cost him the playoffs. Yeah, exactly. So you want to put it on someone else's shoulders? You're like, oh, let me give it to my guys. Anyway, let's talk about Cam Akers and the fact that I am sick to my stomach, Nando. Absolutely sick to my stomach. Did you have a good time in Atlantic City? Was it fun? Here we go. All right. Go this ahead. typical, Nando. No, I didn't. I got killed. Is this I the Cam Akers? absolutely crushed. Cam Akers shoulder injury? You know what? The Cam, I, I don't how'd know your what mom, the How'd injury... your mom do? Did she win? Oh, my God. My mom. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Yeah, she had a, she had a great time That's on the great. slot machines. All right. Yeah, All right, yeah, can't fine. make her shoulder injury. Let's go. I can tell. I can tell this episode is going to be you just going off the handles, like just completely left or right. We'll talk. I'm about trying to keep his focus. It's like the playoffs. Come on, twelve man. minutes. Okay. Anyway, uh, the Cam Akers situation. Um, I, I won't go into. Uh, we won't kill it with the Cam Akers thing. I'll say this. I think Cam Akers is the guy that could be an absolute difference maker in the fantasy playoffs here. I think he's the guy in overall tournaments in the high stakes world. If you had Akers at the back end of your bench for the next three weeks, as long as his shoulder injury checks out, I think Akers could be that guy that vaults into an RB1 status and comes out of nowhere, is only on a couple teams, and wins people a lot of money. You're talking about like 138 two touchdown games like yes, Damian Williams I, I, style I, games. I just have that feeling. And and the reason why I'm sick Nando, just to bring it back to me for a second, three weeks ago, I had a ton of fat. Is it because you left. went to Atlantic city in a pandemic? Oh my God. And I went to, <laughs> yes. And I was, and it's very clean down there. Just so you know, I know, man. I know. Um, I had a choice on the waiver wire. Somebody dropped cam acres and I spent three days staring at him as we le- was, we went into week 11 fab and I said to myself, okay, there's three really good pieces to add to my team that is in a, a top five overall in, in the uh, NFFC. And it was Salvan Ahmed, it was Devontae Booker, and it was Cam Akers. And I said, God, I want all three of these guys to be on my team as I go into the playoff rounds. These were the three guys I wanted to take shots on. And I went back and forth on all three, Nando, and who do you think I chose as the two? Because I had enough money to pick up two to make two significant bids. Well, I think we and all I know got, the answer to this. Yeah, I I got a med and I got Booker and I chose to say, all right, I'm not going to get Acres. And Acres went for like fifty, sixty bucks only, and it was the wrong decision out of the three. Out of a thousand, we should clarify, myself. it's a thousand. Yeah, out of a out of a thousand budget, and that's honestly what's been bothering me the last three days. Let me ask you this follow up: Did you put any backup bids? On Cam, I mean, were you like, all right, so if I don't get Ahmed, you know, here's yes. my here's my bid 100%. on. Matter of fact, I would have easily got him. I was like, I bid two hundred on Ahmed and got Ahmed and got him. I bid like seventy five bucks on Booker and seventy five on Acres, so I would have got either one, knowing that I would get Booker for seventy five. But that was the guy that I told you was the guy I was targeting in a lot of my drafts to put on the end of my bench just in case Jacobs went down. Now. Right. So, and then it, it, everything played out exactly the way I was hoping. A week later, Jacobs gets hurt. I think I have a solid RB2 in Booker, and he pulls a Brian Hill from the week before where the, there's a reason why these guys are backups, Nando. You know, I, I know they're, they're the nice pieces to say, hey, if the starter goes down, 
this guy could come off my bench as an RB6 and become an RB2. It just, it, it, you know, it seems to not happen more than it happens when the backup comes in and, and fills in. So um, we'll see with Booker. He's, I think he might get another shot this week. I think they're hiding that Jacobs ankle injury a little more than uh, led to believe. You know, the, the reports originally were, you know, Jacobs isn't hurt as bad. But yesterday Gruden said he'd be surprised if Jacobs is there in week 14. So managers are going to have another dilemma. Do you go back to the well with Booker? I don't think I will. Um, I wasn't happy with his usage. You saw a lot of Jalen Richard mixed in there. Um, and, uh, it just didn't work out. I know he got the touches, but, uh, you know, it's a tough guy to use. It's a tough guy to, to trust. Uh, you know, he's probably just one of those guys that's better off as a complimentary back than when he has the full, uh, you know, when he's got the full plate in his hand. On to the Dolphins, Chris. Interesting team, wouldn't you say? Yeah. Yeah, they're they're a pretty interesting team, and they and they play very hard. Um, I, you know, offensively, I don't really know, you know, what they are from week to week. But uh, you know, Gaskin came back and dominated the backfield. Uh, you know, not that he had much competition with everyone else out, including uh, Ahmed, who we talked about. Yeah. Um, it's Gaskin's backfield. We talked about this. Now, you know, it, it's an easy. He won by forfeit. It wasn't like Ahmed is healthy. Gaskin came back and, and he dominated the touches like I thought would happen. So, you know, there's no victory lap there. But this is Gaskin's backfield again. He looked good. And, um, you know, he goes right back into fringe RB1 territory, I, I feel, going Whoa, forward. Wow, wow, so, really? All right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, I mean, listen, it, it's not because, oh, Gaskin's a superstar. It's the amount of touches and snaps he's going to have and the amount of um, uh, the, the touches he has. The playing time, um, you know, and, and and the running back landscape as is, you know, there's there's not 15 good running backs out there, Nando. So if you can tell me you're going to play 85% of the snaps and and get 15 plus touches, you're right there at, at back end RB one fringe territory. I that you're saying that very confidently. I mean, in the first 20 minutes of the show, we've confidently said Cam Akers is going to be a league winner, yep. and Miles Gaskins an RB one. I think Akers and Gaskin are both top 15 running backs for right. the next like three it. weeks. So, um, you know, back end RB1 or, you know, RB2. But these are two guys that were probably sitting on your bench, obviously, for the last, you know, bunch of weeks. Yeah. Right now you can bring into your starting lineup and you have an advantage over these running back needy teams. It's two more running backs into the pool uh, what if you're, at the right time. What if you're uh, rolling into your playoffs with Mike Gesicki? So Gesicki's the reason why I wanted to talk about this Dolphins offense because I think he's now, you know, here's another thing that went wrong on Sunday. I have Gesicki, um, and I haven't been using him. I'm lucky enough to have some good tight end teams, but he's a backup on a lot of them. But all week long I was giddy because I had Fitzpatrick. I thought I had, you know, uh, Fitzpatrick starting and the Bengals in a good matchup. And, uh, you know, with, with Preston Williams still out, the offense all banged up, you know, uh, William Jackson was going to be on Devontae Parker. I had a feeling Parker was in for a long day. I said, this is good. This is a Jacecki game. And I took Jacecki out of three big lineups on Sunday, uh, early Sunday, when they made the announcement that Tua was going to start. 
because I thought that was just the difference. You know, and a lot of people did, Nando. A lot of people felt downgrade Parker, downgrade Jasicki with Tua coming in. Right, uh, right. Over Fitzpatrick. And um, you know what? Uh, I made those moves, and it didn't stick. Tua, Tua came in and made Jasecki a star again. You know, it made him a uh, you know valuable. Jasecki's been terrible all year long. He's he's been a complete bust as a draft pick, but because of the lack of you know targets in this offense, I think Jasecki comes back in and maybe if you somehow got your Jasecki shares into the playoffs, I think now's the time that he you know to turn back to him and. You know, maybe he finishes up a terrible season strong these next four weeks. Weird things happen like that. I believe Jacecki did the same thing last year, if I can remember. You know, didn't do much, finished strong, and that's why everybody was in love with him coming into this draft season. So let's see. Uh, I missed that big game, um, you know, week 13. But he's got some good matchups. He's going to play a high-scoring game here versus the Chiefs in week 14. And um, I think Jacecki's trustworthy now going forward. I don't know. <laughs> I just want to keep making you say Jacecki. Jacecki. Yeah. Yeah, anyway. a lot of talk, a lot of talk <laughs> in the comment section Nando this past week about my accent and a couple of people thinking I was uh, from <laughs> Boston. Like, Come and, on, I had a Boston you know, joke lined up for you later. Know, I think when I talk, I think I, I go on like on a little rant or whatever, I you know, my my accent comes out even worse. So I have to enunciate my words better so I don't sound so New Yorkish or Staten Islandish or whatever. I have Why? to make a That's what I makes you you. I guess so. But Jaseki. Yeah. Uh it, I've never, you know, like I've known you for a while. You're I've such never... a child, Nando. Grow up. You you want to you want to keep saying Jaseki a lot. I've never uh, seen you more offended than when someone suggested you were from Boston. Like you were, you took that to heart. No, I did not. I just like it ruined your entire. And I, I believe me, I've been getting all my life like, oh, as soon as I speak, it's, oh, you're from New York, you know, like, uh, yeah, I, I get it. Okay, I have the accent, but, you know, a lot of times in my life, I've gotten, oh, what are you from Boston? And I'm like, huh, Boston? Like, I don't sound like Marky Mark, you know. Like yeah, guys. You like sound that. like Donnie. You sound like Donnie. Donnie, yeah, His brother, yeah. Uh, anyway, it's well, Gesicki. Gis Gesicki. I say Gesicki. Right? I, just, I say <laughs> You say Gisecki. however you want, man. <laughs> yeah, you say tomato. I say tomato. A real Bostonian pronounces it Gesicki, though. Okay. Uh, well, there's someone I follow on Twitter. Uh, I don't actually don't know. I don't know her real name. It's Gridiron and Wine. Uh, it's it's gambling account. Um, but she wrote four things I noticed from this last game. And number one was Tua started throwing more 50-50 balls. And Brandon Howard had actually been talking about that in a couple of his columns um, where, you know, he, he wrote that Gesicki was going to benefit from Ryan Fitzpatrick uh, because he throws yeah. more 50-50 balls and Tua doesn't. So mm-hmm. I, maybe they got to him and said, hey, Tua, you know, Tua, you could start throwing some more 50-50 balls. we got some guys who can. Well, actually, I, I, I heard an interview saying that he, what he took from sitting out and watching watching Fitzpatrick was the fact that he's got to throw it into more tighter windows. And just because a receiver or tight end in this case isn't open when he looks at them doesn't mean he shouldn't throw it there. He's got to, you know, anticipate him being open. So you're kind of right with what you're saying. But, you know, that's what Tua said straight out of his mouth was, uh, you know, he's got to anticipate it a a little more. So maybe he's going to start, you know, taking more shots. Well, it's not me. It's gridiron and wine. 
Uh, well, shout out to her. Shout out to Gridiron Wine. Uh, Eagles. What an interesting team, Chris Vaccaro. I mean, are you going to... All right, let me ask you this then. Will you be more confident in playing any of the Eagles um, if they say Jalen Hurts is our starter? I, you know... Will, will you make any adjustments? It's a good question, Ando. I've been thinking about this, about what I'm going to do with my Dallas Goddard shares as I head into the playoffs because I anticipate them going to Jalen Hurts and... Uh, it's I good. Think it's just, actually pronounced Godsicky. Oh God. Go ahead. Anyway, um, you, you people at home see what I have to deal with. Do you people? Do you people listening realize what I have to deal with? It's called with friendship. Friend, with my friend Nando, it's frustrating people. So when you say in the comments, "Why do you sound so?" Uh, wait, what, what, what did I get called uh, last week, Nando? Why Washington. do you sound so... No, no, no. Perturbed? No, was... Yeah, like with Nando, like, you know, something like that. Like, I, it always looks, sounds like I'm pissed off at you or something like that. It's just frustration, people. I love my friend Nando, but he's frustrated. Feelings anyway, uh, yes, I understand. Anyway, uh, with Hurts probably coming back uh, and, and being... He looked good. So I'm going to leave my... Goddard shares in. I'm going to keep playing Dallas Goddard. A lot of times, what do they say? You know, the backup quarterback comes in, the young rookie quarterback. He leans on his tight end a little more. Yep. Goddard's playing 90% of the share, uh, 90% of the snaps. Uh, he's the main guy in this offense, okay? But the whole offense as a whole is terrible. You can't play anybody. Weekly Travis Fulgham update, people at home. How's that doing? Okay, I didn't think so. Moving on. Um, Alshon Jeffries a slug. Rieger you can't trust. You can't play anybody. Zach Ertz a shell of himself. There's nothing. Miles Sanders, Nando. Miles Sanders went from a first-round RB1 elite pick this season to he's he's in a, a, a three-man backfield. Jordan Howard is getting snaps over this guy. What is Jordan Howard looked pretty good. Do? He looked oh, pretty spry, God. actually, man. I, I picture your fantasy team, Nanda, with like a Jordan Howard, Peyton Barber, Frank Gore backfield, like, you know, like with Peterson on the bench, you know? And then you like, you, you're like, oh, I like this. This is a really unique team. This is good. <laughs> you know, this is really, this is really good. It's pretty good. That's a pretty good <laughs> impression. I mean, I try, but nobody does a better Nanda than Ronas. That's true. Anyway, um, it, it's Dallas Goddard or no does a better move on you. from the Eagles offense. That That's just the way I see it right now. It's a terrible, terrible fantasy offense. Only rivaled by maybe the Patriots, who I think you can't start anybody on the Patriots offense. Uh, not even Cam. An act of desperation uh, if you're banking desperation, on Desperation, like, quarterback yeah. play, yeah. I mean, but, you know, you, you're either – you're looking – you better hope he runs – multiple touchdowns in like he did this past week or else you're you're going to be looking at uh, an ugly number uh you know talking about you just mentioned it uh the the rookie quarterback leaning on the tight end um in my head i'm sitting here like oh you know what you know who's not doing that uh justin herbert with hunter henry oh god but he is henry's Mm. got i mean to a degree henry's got the second most targets on the team second most receptions on the team third because he doesn't throw to anybody but keenan allen this guy it's amazing it's it's like everyone else is fighting for scraps. So and and it's funny. I'm watching that game the other day, and I'm like, wow, this is nobody. It is another reason Week 13 murdered people was like, 
who expected that Chargers offense to bomb that bad? Besides you, Nando. I know you're going to say, oh, I do. I do. Um, it's yeah, a Tyrod Taylor team, yeah. Yeah. Um, but, oh, my God, straight up. Even Keenan Allen had a had a bad game, his, you know, first bad game. Um, <clears throat> but just the whole offense bombed out, and you can't trust anybody but Keenan Allen. And, I mean, Eckler, you know, gave his 11 points, but he underwhelmed also. Um, it's I, I look for them to have a bounce-back spot versus Atlanta next week. But, man, that really hurt a lot of people. And Hunter Henry's just I, you know, the tight end market right now is is very ugly. It's starting to get a little better, but I don't know if Hunter Henry cracks the top twelve as a, as a tight end one, you know, anymore. Yeah, I don't know if you could trust him. You know, uh, well, uh, how about where's your Evan Ingram in your world? I, I'd put is him he right, Hunter Henry. No, 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 no. Evan Ingram just had a huge game, 7 for 130 last week. He came back this week. That game was really weird versus Seattle. Um, it was it was an ugly game. You know, just another week 13, ugly game. Yeah. Not a lot of offense. Colt McCoy was there. Sterling Shepard bombs out. They're just the, There wasn't a lot of targets and, and passes. Uh, I'll give Evan Ingram a, a pass. Uh, on this week he still managed I think it was off the top of my head like five for 35 he was the most I think he had the most catches on the team so I'm not worried about Evan Ingram I still have him locked in as a top eight tight end on a weekly basis going forward but um not not worried about him I love Logan Thomas I think uh after seeing him last night and another reason if Gibson is out this Logan Thomas uh you know it can also be uh you know a big help at the tight end position yeah, and he can throw too. Yeah, you know they they do some they do some gimmicks with him. You know, a couple end arounds with him. Uh, you know, at Virginia Tech he was a quarterback, so uh, you know he, he might get some fantasy points other ways. But you know, solid tight end. Hey, how about Darren we Waller. do a little? Uh, yeah, Darren what? Waller. Oh, what you want to uh, do? A little what? No, no, no. I, a duet. I, you know, maybe I'll do like top ten best. Uh, you know, uh, you know draft picks this year from all over the board because uh, I'm just thinking of Corey Davis and how you know 18th 19th round of Corey Davis shares uh, is just amazing We're working out amazingly for people right now I know I have a couple teams where I have Corey Davis and he's basically my wide receiver too right now Nando so uh, you know things like that Corey Davis Cole Beasley guys like this are locked into wide receiver two spots and uh, they were taken pretty late in drafts. Cole Beasley's one of the like, I mean, of course, it, he was also it was me. It was Cole Beasley and D.D. Westbrook had a uh, oh. hundred plus targets the last couple of years. Day. But it's crazy. I mean, I and I know it's not the same thing, and absolutely not the same player in the same system. But mm-hmm. it's kind of strange how those paths diverge. Like D.D. Westbrook was a healthy scratch for the first five weeks before they put him on IR after finally letting him play. Um, and Cole Beasley has just continued to grow in that Buffalo system as a hundred target guy, basically. Yeah, and I think the arrow just points up, and this will be a weekly thing for Cole Beasley now with John Brown out for probably the rest of the season. Uh, yeah. get, you know, Gabe Davis uh, came in and and you know pretty much played the John Brown role last night and put up some solid numbers, but. I mean, Cole Beasley's just a PPR monster. I love this Bills offense so much. And I think we saw, uh, you know, another flipping of the backfield after Zach Moss fumbled 
a couple times uh, last night. We didn't see him again. And at Singletary got, I think, 21 touches. Uh, so, we, you know, add another running back. You know, Singletary's been unplayable for a while now. And uh, if you have him at the back end of your bench, he might be playable uh, these next couple of weeks if he's going get, to be getting 15-plus touches as well. So add him to the list uh, of guys that, uh, you know, you, you might be putting into your starting lineup. So you kind of you mocked me last night and you mocked me this morning for wanting to talk about Ty Johnson. Um, but what's the difference between Devin that's Singletary? Your third, that's your third Ty Johnson reference to show, just so you know. I'm keeping track. He shows up. What's the difference? The me. difference is well, listen, Frank Gore Frank Gore got banged up. Uh, you know, he's Frank Gore isn't out for the season. Um, you know? He, he Neither got, Zach Moss. No, I know, but he's in the doghouse because of fumbling issues. Frank Gore isn't in the doghouse. Frank he's Gore got a concussion. got a concussion. I know, but I mean Frank Gore could show up on the practice field on Thursday and, you know, add to the fact that P. Ryan uh, you know, they they targeted him for a week 14 return. So you don't know what happens later on in the week in practice. If he comes back in, in a week or two, um, you know, listen, Ty Johnson's going to stay on the field. Yeah, he's he's Is he going to play, I think, 80% of this? Now? No, I don't know what his role is going to be. He'll be on waiver wire ad list uh, this week. But, I mean, is he another, is he another guy that people are going to rush to the wire? pick him up, put him in the lineup, and he's going to bomb with a three-point performance. Uh, they're going out to Seattle this week. After that, they have the Rams. I'm not starting any running back versus the Rams with Aaron Donald on that D-line in Week 15. So if you're going to start him in Week 14 versus Seattle, uh, whose defense is slightly improving out there, um, good luck to you. I know I'm not recommending him. <laughs> Uh, to anybody, but you could start him along with Peyton Barber in your lineups. No, I'm not saying you start him. I'm just saying, like, maybe, what do you, you know, do with him? What do you want to do with him? You have the option on your bench. I, he's he's definitely in consideration on waiver wire list. Yes, right, that's, I all, agree. that's all I meant, man. I'm not saying like you start that's this guy is amazing. Let's get him. Shat. Condolences to all you people out there that played against Darren Waller in Week 13, as I did in about half of my leagues that I had, you know, you know, was going for. Uh, for league titles or whatever. For whatever reason, he was like the number one player that I was playing against, most owned, I guess, across leagues. And of course, he has the 50-point game. So uh, just needed to get that out there. Thank you. Thank you uh, for listening. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, you know, this. I, I'm start, I think I figured this out. There's, there's an old Calabrese saying that was taught to me mm. as, a, as a younger lad, and I'm not going to get it right, but it was something like Fortuna... Fortuna and Jokey, Sfortuna and Amarat, which I mean, mm. you can flip it, I guess, for you, is Fortuna and Amarat, uh, Sfortuna and Jokey. So See, we teach Italian on this show, too, people. So, you know, stick around for the fantasy football advice, and you also get an Italian lesson. Well, it means fortunate in love, unfortunate in games. And I think what happened was you cursed yourself by having a wild Saturday night in Atlantic City with a lady. <laughs> <laughs> and totally ruined your fantasy football chances. I'm gonna make you a new. I'm gonna make you a mouse pad with that saying, just to remind you. Thank you. Yeah. And then add it to my collection of mouse pads that you uh, have, have given me. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. you there's only one other mouse pad, <laughs> which is one of the best gifts ever given. So yeah. that was All very right. creative. Good stuff. Let's uh let's let's finish this up um with a couple running backs uh who I think are very interesting and I guess 
I guess you start, but I think the question is, you know, how confident do you feel when you're starting them? David Montgomery, who's on a roll, and Wayne yeah. Gallman, it, it does not – I mean, Devontae, Devontae Freeman on the IR doesn't look like he's coming back anytime soon. Also mm-hmm. now on the COVID IR on top of the IR. Yeah, he's so, done. Uh, yeah. Yeah, this is the Wayne Gallman show going forward. And man, oh man, I mean, people talk about James Robinson, about, you know, like he's been the – Depending on your league, the waiver wire ad in the beginning of the season, or the you know taking him late in drafts, and he has been—he's obviously the number one guy. I don't know how far behind Wayne Goldman is on that list of great pickups, because Goldman is entrenched now as an every week starter. And every time I look up, I own no Wayne Goldman shares, but when I play teams, it's like he has Gold—you know—they'll have Goldman in, and I'll be like, "Oh, that's that's good. I want to see Goldman on my opposing team," you know. And at the end of the day, he's got 18 fantasy points. Yeah. So he's just he's just solid, you know. Uh, he's just a solid top 15 running back. I think you'll see him on a lot of uh, top 12, uh, you know, rankings this week. I, I think that's where we're at now. I think he's another one. And I know I hate to be repetitive because I'm talking about all these running backs that are RB1s and, and everything like that. We're just hitting on guys that I think are top 12, 15 running backs uh, going forward. And Goldman is in that list. And Montgomery, for this upcoming week, with the volume he's getting in that Bears offense, um, you know, he's get the, he gets the Houston Texans in Chicago in week 14. You roll Montgomery right back out there. And you had 75, uh, 75 yards, played a big role, scores, uh, you know, gets in the end zone. I look for, you know, a nice 15, 20-point Montgomery game again this week. So if you have Montgomery, boom, he's he's locked right into your lineup again. So a couple nice running backs right there, Nando. You know, I did a lot of research on Montgomery, um, uh, man, like five weeks, like right, right, like a week before the trade deadline. Yeah. And he was, so he'd had like everything you wanted except he wasn't breaking these runs. Uh, you know, he was, his yards per this- carry was kind of low. Yeah, that line. There's so much hate in the Montgomery fantasy world. There really, I didn't is. and, get it. and it, well, I do. I mean, he's a slug. He doesn't. It's he just never lives up to the hype, you know. No matter the opportunity, um, but he's. I mean, he's getting destroyed. So he he led the NFL in yards after contact and broken tackles. So like it's, they were getting through the line and getting to him, and it was it was yeah. like if he could just break it like a like a long one and he did two weeks ago he broke like that 60 something yard run yeah uh you know he did second level you know he took it to the second level yeah, and then got caught from behind well, <laughs> and you know I think what? That's what you know there's no breakaway speed but you know what who cares if you're if you're getting 15 20 touches and and giving me 75 80 rushing yards and you get in the end zone you mix in a couple touches that's what i'm looking for nowadays you know and, and for all you people that don't have the big time backs, you need a collection of these guys to throw out there. You need a Wayne Goldman, Montgomery backfield, uh, stuff like that. Uh, you know, Jonathan Taylor's another one that's now starting to have a little revival. You could add him into the mix of running back. We're starting to get some, we're starting to get some help here at the running back position at the right time. Yeah. And it's, I mean, what a weird, I mean, maybe we'll dedicate one of these shows in a, in a couple of weeks to what a weird you invented the zero RB theory. Um, I don't and know it just, about that. But, uh, yeah. Really? Are you sure? Because the Associated Press reported that a few years ago. Yes, they did. That's that's true. That's actually true. Okay. All right. So anyway, the point is, um, the more we talk about these guys, the more it seems like 
maybe that's the way to go. Maybe, I mean... What do you mean? Like, just to... to all these running... I mean, it's, it sounds like dumb because we've been saying it for years. And then this year, everyone's like, the tide turned, man. You got to get one of those top running backs. Okay, um, and I, all right. I know what you mean. Um, yeah. The, I don't think it... You gotta I, guess was, I had this conversation with someone uh, about a week ago. They were like, "Oh, you know, so what was the right strategy this year? Was it, uh, you know, you know, go heavy running back early and then hit on your receivers, or was it zero RB strategy? Was it take your quarterback early?" Every year usually has a you know strategy. You know, what's real quiet on the on the you know the uh, the late QB strategy this year. You know, all quiet on that front. You know, the last couple <laughs> of years, everybody's been like, oh, you know, just wait on your quarterback. It's not important. Nobody cares. Well, I mean, you know, the Cam Newton drafters in the first couple of weeks were like, see, that's why you do that. Yeah. It really wasn't. You know, the, I guess Justin Herbert, Justin Her- Herbert, um, I always struggle to say his last name for whatever. I always say Herbert or whatever. Oh, you got um, it. You're right. It's you know, you pick him up in the middle of the season off the wire, you know, great, you got lucky, and he's been mostly solid. And obviously the answer to this question is Aaron Rodgers this year because he was going so late. You know, so you had a couple guys. You're always going to have a couple guys. My argument with the strategy is this. Tell me before the draft starts in late August and September who those late-round quarterbacks are going to be. Don't just say – Oh, just take any quarterback late and you'll be fine. No, you've been getting murdered all year long. Every quarterback that was drafted late, late sucks. And and, and on a weekly basis. Well, Daniel Jones is coming on for a little while before. He's no, he hasn't. No, 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 he isn't. No, not at all. Fantasy wise. No, uh, he's been useless. Um, you know, you get a couple good Kirk Cousins uh, weeks. So when you look at the overall season, you look back like, yeah, you know, you could have streamed Cousins and picked up Herbert. Yeah, it's it's easier yeah, those specific said than weeks. done. Right. Exactly. It's easier said than done. Can you get your hands on whatever quarterback you want? It's not like that. And, and if you play in competitive leagues, it's like a joke to, you know, it's a joke. You can't just go to the wire. You know, you can't just go to the wire, pick up any quarterback and be like, it doesn't matter here. Because you get stuck with your eight point gains from these scrub quarterbacks. So that strategy never works for me. That's why I always try and get, you know, a, a really solid quarterback. Um, and I don't think that strategy worked. But as for the other strategies, the zero RB strategy, I don't think worked. And now, you know, people might argue back on that and go, well, hey, look, look at fifth round, fourth round through seventh round, that receiver position. You could, uh, you know, hit on Allen and Diggs and, and all, all these guys and Metcalf in the fourth. Yeah, if you know, if you got the big time running backs early and then hit on those guys, yeah. But in the middle rounds of of drafts, if you went zero RB uh, and started with a Devonte Adams and Tyreek Hill, you're having a huge year. If you got a James Robinson, it, it all depends. There was no right answer for what strategy worked this year. Um, it, it's uh, it, it's still up in the air. I don't think any particular strategy worked because you really couldn't find that many great running backs in the middle of drafts this year yeah maybe the strategy is just get your guys get your value build a good team and then adjust on the fly yeah i I just think it was scattered this year you know you had your big time hits at the wide receiver position early on with guys like i just said hopkins and hill and adams and then you had your hits in the middle of the rounds at receiver too but you know you you needed the big backs this year and uh you know, you could only really find them early on this season. 
unless you are the James Robinson owner. Yeah. And you would have known that if you read The Athletic. Emery Hunt told you to do that. There you go. There you go. Old friend Emery Hunt. Uh, on that note, I'm going to let you get back to uh, moping. Yeah, I'll be doing that for a couple of days. Until the playoffs start, and then it's got to get going. All right, so in two days. Yes. Yeah. Uh, you know, you got friends. Moke. You got friends. Yeah, I'll call you, you always, later on. You can I'll call you later around. on just to be like, Darren Waller, why, Nanda? Why did he do that? Say, Chris, listen. Well, I don't know what I would tell you, but yeah. you know, you got the best wings in New York. You got you friends. Would, you you were this close. Me. You were this close to being friends with Joel Pinero. <laughs> you know what? You would tell me when I call you later and I cry about Darren Waller doing what he did to me. Uh, you would say that Italian saying. How is it again? Uh, you could say Fortuna and Jokey, Sfortuna and Amarate. There you go. That's like straight Calabrese dialect. So. I mean, you know, you mumble some words in the middle and you know leave off a couple letters. But you can just run it through, run it through Google Translate. Fortunate in love, unfortunate in games. Yes. Or lucky in love, unlucky in games. That's it. You one or the other. You don't get both. No, uh, you don't get both. No, that's oh. the whole point of the saying. Gotcha. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah, that's the entire point that I was making. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for the lesson. Oh, I wasn't paying attention. All right. Thanks. I appreciate that. On that note, thank you, everybody, uh, for, for joining us for another. Oh, man. We should get the Chris Vaccaro show dot com. Get that up and running. Everyone yeah, needs a show go. website, right? The Athletic Fantasy Podcast. Uh, the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast. Shout out to Roman. Shout out to Manscaped. Big shout out to DLF, uh, Jeff Haverlack, for, for doing some great work with us and great work on the site. Um, Chris Vaccaro. Sorry. We'll get we'll get back on it next week and we'll have a happy Vaquero with some playoff wins. Yeah, I'll be uh, I'll be in better spirits hopefully next uh, week, everyone. And uh, good luck, good luck in uh, starting the playoffs here in week fourteen. Let's get it going. Shout out to our producer Michael Beller. We'll see you all. Well, you'll be listening to some new people tomorrow. We'll see you next week. Bye.